You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between 6 feet and 9 feet. To get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle, take the defensive end if he's open, if he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. The YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay. How you doing tonight, Tim? Doing great, man. How you doing, Clay? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. Just got to get a little housekeeping done here right off the bat. We're going to be real quick with it. Thank you guys for the orders. You guys lit the merchandise store up. Absolutely lit it up. Here's the problem. <laughs> You're all getting refunds because we did something wrong. So essentially, um, we are not allowed to use the word Packers on any kind of merchandise. Okay. It's called uh, what they call it intellectual property. Okay. So the word Packers, we cannot use. So we're having to change it up. <laughs> I love it. So we knew this was going to be trial and error, right? So we're going to try to get as close to that as we can, but do everything legally, obviously. So, uh, and we don't want to take anything away from from the Green Bay Packers, obviously. That's right, first absolutely. Forward, you know, that's that's what we play to first and foremost. So, uh, but with that being said, if you did place an order, thank you so much. That's awesome. I, I was excited for you to get the merch. I feel like we did a good job designing it. We're starting from scratch, so you will be getting a refund if you haven't already. I know I got a refund for the products that I ordered. So. Uh, we'll get it straightened out, though. Appreciate you guys uh, trying to support us in that regard. Um, Tim, this morning we talked about how to attack the San Francisco 49ers defense, right? That was kind of a little game planning session we did. We used some Brian Baldinger video to break down uh, some of the things that kind of proved the point as far as the analytics, uh, the 33rd team data, the SIS data, all that stuff, and how to attack the 49ers. Tonight what we're going to do is really key in on uh, playing defense, obviously, to stop their offense. That's going to be the game plan we put together tonight. 
before we get started, do you have any kind of preconceived notions? I had a bunch going in, and that's why I'm curious to see when you think about the 49ers and their offense specifically, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? If you were to say, okay, here's how you beat this team. Oh, I, I mean, the there's first no thing, wrong answer either. There's first no things that come to mind are Christian freaking McCaffrey, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Um, you know, so I mean, <laughs> certainly they have weapons, right? I mean, that's that's the glaringly obvious thing, and they can attack you with the run. They can attack you with the pass. I mean, yeah, it, we're gonna have to. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to come off like we're intimidated, but you know, we've talked about it, you know, San Francisco is going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a matchup for us. And um, it's going to take a, you know, team effort. I keep repeating myself, but it is, and it's a good thing. Nobody on our team is playing for themselves right now. Everyone's playing for each other. Um, so we got to take these weapons on, you know, by committee and um, you know, try and get out of there with a win. I, I really don't care what the spread is. I don't care what the final score is. We got to, we got to leave Santa Clara with a victory, but um, yeah, man, I just think of weapons, and of course Brock Purdy. You know, we can't take anything away from from their kind of Cinderella story there that they're having um, with their quarterback as well. Uh, certainly having a a solid season himself. So uh, all hands on deck, man. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup because you know I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was thinking. I know I predicted the Packers to beat the Cowboys, but you guys can go back and listen to it. There's not there's not a whole lot of uh, confidence in my voice. I was on Ryan's stream. I think I said 30 to 27 was what I thought the Packers could do to pull out that win. Um, now, when the Packers make the playoffs, I promise you this, you're never going to see me or hear me uh, predict against the Packers. So take that as you will, right? Yeah. You don't make the playoffs and go, I don't know, yeah, I think we're going to lose this one. But I think it's important to point out what the pros and cons are as far as the individual matchups, the schematic matchups, kind of how both teams pair up against each other, right? So let's kind of start from the top, and let's talk about what their defense does good. I'm sorry, their offense, what their offense does good. And I'll probably get tongue-tied a couple of times. But before we do that, I want to highlight a few things that came across the wire today, some positives, some positives, okay? And then we'll jump right into their offense, First of all, Romeo Dobbs, highest-graded wide receiver from the wild card games, 93.3 PFF grade for Romeo Dobbs. There's not another wide receiver that was on the field during the wild card matchups that had a higher PFF grade at the wide receiver position. Absolutely awesome. Now, Jordan Love, 91.7 PFF grade since week 13, first amongst all quarterbacks. This team is humming right now. They're they're completely they're I mean I don't want to say they're peak but they are pegged out right now right they got they got the throttle the pedal to the metal Zach Tom highest graded tackle from the wild card games at an 84.0 obviously he was matched up with Micah Parsons most of the day Elton Jenkins this whole season 542 pass blocking snaps zero sacks allowed for Big E 4.4 percent percent pressure percentage allowed so. The offensive line can hold up between Zach Tom and Elton Jenkins. Obviously, we know what we've got there. You know, I asked Mike Wall a few weeks ago. I think I was in Florida when I asked him this. I was on the, on the pod with him. I said, Mike, give me your assessment of this offensive line to this point. He said, 74, 
and seven or 74 and 50 absolute studs. Everyone else can be replaced. I went, all right, got it. There you go. And look, lo and behold, look, and he he hates PFF. I don't say hates, he doesn't like PFF either. But look at the PFF grade. Highest tackle from the wild card games, number 50, Zach Tom. And then, of course, Elton Jenkins hasn't allowed a sack all year. Pretty cool stuff. So the divisional round uh, weekend schedule, if you will, you've got the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be Saturday at 4.30 Eastern. That's 3.30 for you guys Lambeau time. It's going to be on ESPN. Then we got Packers at the Niners Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. So to be uh, the same crew that called the Cowboys-Packers game last week, Greg Olson, and I can I can never think of the other guy's name. Um Burkhart, right? Is that what it was? Kevin Burkhart? So. Kevin Burkhart, yeah. I think they do a good job. I like them. Um, Tampa Bay on Sunday, Sunday, 2 o'clock uh, Central Time, Tampa Bay at Detroit, right? That's going to be on NBC and Peacock. Hopefully it's just on NBC and you don't have to have Peacock. I'm, I'm telling you, it was just an absolute cluster last week. <laughs> and then Sunday night, uh, 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 Eastern, you've got Kansas City at Buffalo, expecting cold weather again. Uh Again, that's a 5.30 kickoff. That'll be a dandy right there. I mean, we got some good football coming up, guys. I mean, you look at these teams in the in the NFC and you go, okay, San Francisco, obviously the heavy favorite to win the NFC. You look at the AFC, you can't rule out you Mahomes sure as much that? as <laughs> You sure about that? As much as I like to dislike Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey, especially since the arrival of Taylor Swift, um, you know, you can't you can never rule them out. Buffalo's a hot team right now. Baltimore, I think, is the better the best team in the AFC right now, though, personally. So it's gonna be much, interesting. Don't too much Taylor Swift. Uh, I don't either, Jordan. Nothing against her, but I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll kind of see how it shakes out. Um, those are gonna be some good matchups. So I'm really excited about at least two cold weather games. You know, I'm I'm old school cold weather football. I love that outdoor ball. So anyway, yep. make sure you guys uh Get your popcorn ready for this week. An injury report, just a real quick glance. This was from yesterday. We hit on it, did not participate. This was a mock one. A.J. Dillon, Kingsley and Igbare, Elton Jenkins, uh, Isaiah McDuffie, and Preston Smith. And, again, they didn't actually practice. They're going to be doing just walkthrough all week long. I was looking for the most recent report there from today. I still hadn't seen it come through by the time I put the show together, so we'll hit on it tomorrow morning and get you guys updated. Now, let's jump. Anything you want to hit on as far as all that stuff we just covered there, Tim, Romeo Dobbs, Jordan Love, Zach Tom, Elton Jenkins, any of that? Oh, it's just great to be on top, right? I mean, we got multiple top performers here uh, during a wild card week, so um, – you know, like you said, man, we're, I don't think we've peaked yet. I mean, we're redlining, you know, that needle is humming right now, man. We're redlining, but I, I don't even think we've peaked yet. I I think our best ball's ahead of us still. Yeah. And uh, that's where you want to be this time of year, right? Meaningful football in January and uh, really hitting your stride. So uh, go pack, go, man. Definitely. Doug in the chat said, Wyatt's comments suggest they showed them the Ravens film. Yeah, I was on the bike earlier, Doug. And I try to get about a five-mile ride in here in, in the house like the the fat Caucasian middle-aged man that I am. And uh, I'm sitting there, and I, I'm hearing the comments. People were talking about on a podcast the comments that Devontae Wyatt made. And basically what he said wasn't true, but I can appreciate the enthusiasm he said it with. He was basically saying all you got to do is get pressure on, uh, on Brock Purdy, and, and it all falls apart you know, not in those exact terms. And it's actually quite the opposite. I think he's got the second the second or the third highest passer rating when pressured. So not going to be quite that easy, right? But Wyatt's saying they, you know, Wyatt's, I'm sorry, Doug's saying Wyatt's comments suggest they showed them the Ravens film. 
That's the first thing I thought of when I was sitting there riding a bike list. Now I went, they must have watched the Baltimore tape because I'm going to show you guys the Baltimore tape because it's really the, the entire second half of the season. It's the only piece of negative tape that we have to pull from because the 49ers have just been that good right now. Here's something else that people were pointing out earlier. And matter of fact, let's get to this video real quick and then we'll get into the game plan. Okay. I want to hit this real quick. This came from, I think this was NFL total access on the NFL network, a quick little clip, uh, kind of cool. Going to show you, um, I think it's Sean O'Hare that kind of talks about rust or rest, right? Think about resting your players. Sometimes that can throw a wrench into things, right, Tim? I mean, we, we've seen the Colts. It happened to the Colts one year. They decided to sit their starters and they were, the dominant team in the league that was when Peyton was there. They come out yeah. of the playoffs and went flat, right? But chemistry but, and rhythm are are real things and momentum. All those things are real. They're they're kind of the intangibles of the game. But you know, you really notice them when things like that happen, right? You know, pull your yeah. starters early or or sit your starters, see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Let's see what they have to say. Rest versus rust. Yeah. You know, for, so right now, so the Green Bay Packers have unbelievable momentum. They just came off of an unbelievable performance. Now with Brock Purdy, it's like, okay, I haven't played in two weeks. Do I come out and start slow? That's what they can't afford. And we just saw the Green Bay Packers come out and I'm right down, right down the field, the first drive of the game. That's really, I think, the biggest question. And the, look, Brock Purdy had one bad game really this whole season. It was against Baltimore. He had four interceptions. Yeah. So can he continue to take care of the football? Because that's really the key. You said it best, David. This 49ers offense is, is better. Yeah. Like I look at these as – 49ers are the fastest car. They're the Ferrari right now. But I think Jordan Love might be the better driver right now with yeah. the way he's playing the football. So I, I think you look back to a couple years ago, these two teams played in the divisional playoff game. It was 13-10. Yeah. to 10, The 49ers won. Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times. He had an awful game. He did not get rid of the ball. He couldn't get away from pressure. Mm -hmm. Jordan Love, as good as he's doing with scripted plays, he's doing just as good a job when things kind of go haywire. And he's got to buy some time with his legs. His impromptu throws are what's leading the Green Bay Packers right now. And I think that could be the equalizer uh, for, the, for the Packers. Yeah. Uh, but Purdy right now, yeah. like, I mean, all he's got to do is just get the ball out. Like, he's got such good players around him. And Christian McCaffrey getting healthier too yeah. as he was a bit banged up down the keep talking about it guys keep talking about it keep keep making us out to be the underdogs that's what we need yeah we need all the we need. <laughs> exactly uh brooke in the chat said did you see dobbs's locker room uh interview he's he looked so sad not used to the media you guess um Dobbs, the thing i've noticed about romeo dobbs since day one is he looks very very uncomfortable when talking to the media and I'm telling you, man, it makes me like that kid that much more. I think he, you gotta, you gotta. One thing you gotta know about Rome is that, like, and I know I'm talking about him like we're best friends, okay? But he's a he's a different kind of dude. He's yeah. a he's a humble guy, but extremely confident in himself and in his teammates and his abilities. Um, he has a very um, deadpan, dry kind of sense of humor. Um, so. What I'm trying to say is don't don't judge the book by its cover for sure when it comes to Romeo Dobbs because uh, he's kind of a wild card man. He's a, he's a unique personality on this team, and uh, there's nobody like him. There really is. There's no there's nobody like him, and uh, everybody gets along with Rome. Um, and I think um, there might be truth to that as far as comfortability with the media. I mean, some guys are are better than others, or more uh, open than others, more outgoing than others, but. Um, you know, Rome's such a good dude, man. I, I think, uh, you know, he's um, not intimidated by anything. So I don't think it's nerves or anything like that. I think maybe just uh, when dealing with the press, he's just got his own approach. But um, 
definitely one of the most interesting guys on uh, on our team for sure. Yeah, the vibe I've always gotten from him is he's very shy, nervous around the media, and he's very cautious and guards his words, which I absolutely love. I love yep. watching him on the field. He's not a guy that's going to get all amped up and celebrate and say, look at me. He's got that Barry Sanders approach, hand the ball to the ref, and go back. Absolutely. There's nothing There's nothing you can do to an opposing team or a specific player that hurts more than just absolutely embarrassing them and then acting like it's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Right? Yeah. Like, like you've been, been there before. Amen. Um, but if I remember correctly, too, Romeo Dobbs, Brooke, I believe, if I remember correctly, he grew up in a real, real rough area, too. I believe I want to say it was in Southern California somewhere, like maybe like a Long Beach or something like that. I think it was in SoCal. But, uh, yeah, he uh, grew up kind of rough, if I remember correctly, and this was kind of his ticket out of there, you know, is to, you know, work his rear end off and, and make it in the NFL and get his family out of there with him. And I think he's just one of those humble dudes. And what I love about him is he doesn't seem to care what anybody thinks about him and not in a – selfish bring attention to me way just like hey look i'm here to work put my head down grind it out and get the job done i i love the dude man i think we're so blessed to have him and you guys have heard me talk about in the last two years you know especially this last year and going into this year and even throughout the year he is one of if not the best number two receivers in the entire league now that's not to say he can't be a number one i'm simply saying he grades out right there in that range where you put him on a number two corner He'll eat their lunch. Oh, yeah. he'll, he'll give a number one corner all they want, right? But yeah. you put him on that number two, whoo, you've seen it, you know. he, you know, I think everybody would agree that Bland was probably the number one corner in that game on Sunday. I don't even know if Bland – did Bland play? I'm assuming he did. But and he graded out really high, but we didn't hear his name at all, right? But yeah. you always seen Stephon Gilmore getting cooked play after play with Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. So, Rome's a leader, too, on this team. You know, we talk about that, you know, number two, you know, borderline number role, one role kind of thing. But uh, that's something that goes, at least from my experience, as far back as training camp. And then we really saw kind of throughout the year um, him kind of emerging as uh, one of the younger leaders. You know, he's a second year guy, you know, by no means a veteran yet, but not a rookie anymore. And, you know, does a lot of leading by example. Right. You know, yeah. we, we, we always love that. And, uh, yeah, you can definitely tell that he's put in the work, man. It's it's showing out there on the field. Definitely. Jen Rod, I was going to play that clip, Jen. I meant to get to it. Um, he was on first take, too. I believe, Or not first take, but undisputed with, with Skip. I was cracking up because the video, he was like, yeah, we we were just able to do this and do that. And Skip went, yes, you were. Him being a Cowboys fan, it was absolutely hilarious. But Jen says, yes, Clayton, he talked about it on Good Morning Football. So, um, yeah, you love to see those guys kind of kind of battle through adversity when they were, yeah, it's like Donald driver. If I remember correctly, didn't they live in a U-Haul for a little bit? His family was homeless. So just love that. Just reminded me, I was going to read his book again. I just picked that up the other day. Finally got a copy of another amazing man. Just, uh, um, Steve G in the chat said the 49ers lost to the Vikings. So I'm not worried. Um, I want to agree with that, but who did we lose to this year? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So any given Sunday, right, Steve? But uh, I appreciate the energy, man. That's one way of looking at it, right? For sure. So, uh, and I, I'm watching the rewatching for the third time today the Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers, and kind of seeing how it unfolded. It was really close until after halftime. Like it's ten to five right now with ten minutes left in the second quarter. So, it was a defensive struggle, man. If, if I, one thing is for sure, 
win, lose, or draw, if Green Bay's offense comes out and they push the ball down the field and they they score points on this uh, 49ers defense, then this Green Bay offense is the real freaking deal. There's no yep. doubt about that, man. So, um, yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into the game plan. You ready for this? We I started a couple of them. Donovan says get Purdy off his spot. I like it. I like it. I think that goes hand-in-hand hand with what my game plan came up with, to be honest with you. And I apologize if the connection's bad. We'll try to get it straightened out. It, it looks like we're getting a bad connection. Um, we've got great internet connection, but for whatever reason, connection is unstable on StreamYard. So we'll get we'll get on their rear end about that again, too. Um, Jen Wright says, rush Purdy, play zone coverage. Jen's been studying. Jen has been <laughs> studying. Brandy yeah. Lewis says, interior pressure, Slayton, Clark, Quay Blitz, something. Yeah. What did Baltimore do? We'll talk about it here in a second. They did some fire zone blitzing. They played zone match principles, too. We'll talk about it. Um, you guys are on your spot tonight. I love it. All right, let's get into it, Tim. Just a recap real quick. Offensive personnel, <clears throat> excuse me, they play 11 personnel 30% of the time. That's 31st most in the league, but a number one EPA ranking. So there's no one that's more efficient according to EPA ranking and SIS data than the San Francisco 49ers in 11 personnel. 21 personnel. Trying to see if I can read that number. It's awful small. I want to say it's in the 30s, 36% for 21 personnel. That's second most in the league. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate that, buddy. Um, and they are eighth in EPA in 21. And then 12 personnel, 13% of the time, that's only 25th most in the league, but number one in EPA there. So there's really their top 10 all the way across the board, really top five, you could say. Now, some people will go, why are they playing more 12 this year? I think it has to do with use check struggling, personally. We yeah. talked about his PFF grade being down. I think Shanahan's noticing that and going, all right, he's just not performing where he once did. That's, that's so, the natural progression, right? If you're if you're running with a traditional fullback and he's not, you're not getting those those results like you want, you're gonna you're gonna go with another tight end, right? Absolutely, man. That's that's the only thing you got if you wanna if you wanna try to keep them in base coverage and 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 get a little bit of a, a head up on the uh, the play action game, right? So, Absolutely. Um, as we quickly run through their offensive identity. Shotgun, 60% of the time, right? That's 28th most in the league, but number two EPA. Let's just key in on the EPAs. We went through the tendencies the other day. The only thing that they are not absolutely phenomenal at as far as EPA ranking is gap run, and they control whether they run gap run or not. So do with that with what you will. There's no weakness on this offense. Now, that doesn't mean they can't have a bad day. That doesn't mean we can't have a great day. But there's there's no other way of looking at it other than they play really, really efficient, and they are so strong. They're so loaded with talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, when you look at their offense, right, Brandon Ayuk, uh, 92.3, Christian McCaffrey, 90.6, Trent Williams, 89.7, uh, Brock Purdy, 88.4, George Kittle, 87.6, Debo Samuel, 83.0. This looks like a Madden cheat code right here, bro. So yeah. that's 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 how you end up being nine and a half point underdogs, right? Now we're the hottest team in the NFL right now. That could carry over. They took a couple weeks off. They sat their starter. They haven't played a meaning meaningful game of football now in three weeks. Think about that. And that's why us going out there and doing exactly what we did in Dallas again is so important. We've got to go and just slam that gas pedal to the floor from the beginning. I, I'll tell you what, I hope I don't give nothing away just in case, but I wouldn't be surprised we saw a shot play on our first snap oh, uh, on. on offense, honestly. And uh, much like we did in Detroit, um, 
and just try and hit this team in the mouth early like we can. Or, you know, if it has to be another eight-minute sustained drive <laughs> down the field with Jonesy, I'll take that too. Don't get me wrong. But we got to start fast, start strong, start aggressive uh, offensively and defensively in this one. Yeah. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Definitely want to give a shout out real quick to Justin Nelson, became a new YouTube member of the PTA Posse. Appreciate you, Justin. We'll get you entered into the contest for the autographed rookie card of Romeo Dobbs. We're going to give one away this weekend, um, immediately following the post game show or during the post game show, immediately following the game. We're going to put your name on the wheel with all the other YouTube members. All you got to do is click on our YouTube uh, homepage, click join, and become a member of the PTA Posse. That'll get you entered in the contest to win Such that. a great giveaway right there, right, Clayton? I mean, it really is, man. Man, yeah. United Bates, thank you. That was uh, That's phenomenal. Yeah, and then coming up after that, we get the Jaden Reed rookie card. So you're definitely going to want to stay a member for sure. And you're giving away investments, right? I mean, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. what these jokers are going to be worth in a few years, man. Have have fun. Uh, Pre shout out to the winner, whoever it is. <laughs> no doubt. Remember, hey, don't don't forget about us. All right, don't forget <laughs> about us. Uh, all right, so 
this is what what I came up with as far as our defensive game plan to stop their their offense, right? They run motion 76% of the time. Okay. Them running motion, what defense is most vulnerable to motion? It's man coverage, right? You can really manipulate a defense that's in man coverage by using motion. It's why we try to use it so often. Their EPA when running motion is number one in the entire National Football League, okay? Zone run. They run zone run 77% of the time. That's second most in the league. By the way, motion second most in the league too. Um, EPA with zone run first in the National Football League, all right? So they are the best zone run team, and they are the most efficient when using motion. Both of those things, in my opinion, suggest stay in zone coverage. Zone coverage is your best shot at stopping the run. I think everyone would agree with that. You're a little bit vulnerable against the run, especially on some of these tosses, some of these stretch plays, things like that, right? So it's going to be very, very important to stay in zone. I think that's probably the way you need to attack this. Now, when you talk about their running game, let's let's highlight one of the positives of their running game here, okay? And this is Brian Baldinger breaking down. I think it was from the Philly game. There may be some other tapes, uh, some other clips in here too. But this is kind of a positive outlook before we get negative because I'm going to show you what went wrong for them in the Baltimore game. The only straw we're grasping at to say, hey, this is this might be the game plan <laughs> to beat them, right? So, first of all, let's show what they do really, really well running the ball. Here's Brian Baldinger. You can follow him on Twitter, at NFL. one of the best follows on Twitter. He does the best breakdowns. Here we go. A big reason why this 49ers running attack is good and great some days is the play of Aaron Banks, a big man that can move. Like, that's hooking a three technique right there as McCaffrey goes right off him. You watch these runs here. And you watch him angle blocking on Jordan Davis right here, getting into him and then walling him off. And there goes McCaffrey. See, a big guy that can move that's been well coached by Harry Heastan at Notre Dame. All right, you watch this here, and here, here he is. Like, again, the hook block. Guys just end up down in the ground when Aaron Banks runs him. He gets him moving, and then it's like tall timber. Like, even right here against Milton Williams in Philadelphia, he wants to go inside, fine. Let him go inside. Watch where he ends up on the ground. That's what happens. Now, with Trent right here, take care of Jalen Carter. Now work up to BG. You never know where the cutback is going to come. And where does it come? Right off Aaron Banks, pushing Brandon Graham. One play after another. You just watch this, game in, game out. Like right here, cutting Jordan Davis off is huge. You run him. All right, you get him on the go, and then you wall him off, and there goes McCaffrey. I mean, a huge part of McCaffrey's success is the play of Aaron Banks inside. Man, I mean, you see, Tim, they're, they're <clears throat> stout in the running game, dude, stout in the running game. So I wanted to, you know, kind of show a little respect there because we're going to show some negative clips. I didn't want it to seem as if, hey, they're horrible at running the ball, right? They are arguably the best team in the league at running the ball. We'll highlight what went wrong in Baltimore. Let's hit the super chat real quick. Robert Johnson, appreciate you, buddy. He said, good morning, USA. I was a GM for a NFL Europe team back in the 90s. The stats and X-Files offense that Love and LaFleur runs is a scary one, by the way. Can you fix so we can we in Europe can order your merch? We'll get on that for sure, Robert, definitely. And I agree, man. I like how you said X-Files offense. Um, I'm assuming you did that on purpose. It's, it is, I mean – 
some of the looks they were showing last week was absolutely wild. And it's new to us, right? Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, this is Green Bay's offense, of course. This is – LaFleur's in his bag. There's no yeah. doubt about it. So, uh, but appreciate the super chat there, buddy. And as soon as we get the merch store completely up and running and figure out what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do, I'll make sure that I do everything in my power to get it to where we can get it to you overseas. If we can't, then you can uh, let me know what you want, and I'll just uh, order it for you and pay the ship and send it over to you. So we'll, we'll handle it that way. But appreciate you supporting the show, buddy. It's good to see you in here. Um, i seen you highlight this one. Tim, you want to go ahead and hit it right now? Yeah, i got some Niners fans in here. Uh, Green Bay is way ahead of schedule. Y'all should be ecstatic that you have such a great young squad. Well said. Uh, much respect. You know, um, we can uh, cheer for different teams and uh, show respect. And um, I appreciate that, man. You know, we got a lot of hate, hateful vitriol from uh, Cowboys fans going into our matchup last week. Um, so it's nice to see uh, some level-headed Niners fans stepping in here. We appreciate you uh, checking out the stream for sure. Yeah, one of the things that I'm really, really guilty of hosting a podcast is highlighting some of the negative fans, right? You really shouldn't give them a time of day. And it's it, there's there's 10 people, 10 fans of other fan bases like like a Dambo 88 in here that just had that comment. There's 10 of those to every one knucklehead in every fan base. Right. Like we said, there's one in every village. <laughs> um, so uh, we need to do a better job of highlighting people like Dambo and their comments, um, you know, for sure. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, as far as them, right here, as, as far as them being a great young squad, Dambo, um, we appreciate you saying that, but the Niners right now, man, they're the uh, they're the creme de la creme, I think is how they say it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just John Lynch, man. We, I know it seemed like it was last year, the year but there was one year where people were like, "Is John Lynch the right guy for the job?" And I'm going, "I bet y'all glad y'all kept him, man. He has put a phenomenal squad together." Go ahead, Tim. No, I was just saying. I see another comment from Dambo here. Mm -hmm. um, just saying from a Niners uh, fan point of view, you know, you know, Green Bay needs to get an early lead and make the Niners play from behind from the get-go. That's kind of, you know, reiterating what we just talked about, um, kind of the same approach uh, we had to take in Dallas. Um, and that's what you do, right? You play you play up to your opponent. You know, you're playing a better team, um, at least on paper, you know, at least by uh, the, the records and a lot of other things. Um, you know, we're hot right now, but, uh, you know, we got to match that intensity. And, you know, this is a kitchen sink game for the Packers, man. We got to throw everything we can at this team early and often. And uh, so it's nice to see uh, – 49ers fan kind of seeing that same point of view, you know, cause we don't watch a lot of their, their games. Right. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of film until recently um, on the 49ers. So, you know, always appreciate the, uh, the perspective for sure. Definitely. And like I said, I'm watching the Baltimore game right now. It was really close going into halftime. It's now the 49ers first possession of the second half. Baltimore's leading 23 to 12, exactly what Danbo's talking about, right? They're having to play from behind. Purdy gets the ball, 12.07 left in the third quarter, first and 10 play, drops back to pass. They push the pocket. He tries to step up, bad throw to, or uh, interception to, I think it was Patrick Queen, it looks like. Yeah, Patrick Queen with the interception. He may take it to the house. I don't think he does. Now he gets it all the way back down inside their 10. So just a perfect example of what you're saying there, Dambo. And I'm not trying to dog on your team. This is, like I said, man, uh, that doesn't happen very often. The only piece of tape we've got to pull from is this yeah. game right here. So that's why we're doing it, just to try to say, okay, where might they go wrong? Uh, let's get into some more uh, some more of the tape. Let's specifically talk about the Baltimore game. All right, Tim, I've got a uh, Jake Shavink here in the chat. Appreciate you, buddy. He says, welcome at Dambo. Good to have a good to have you join in the chat. Yeah, I completely agree there, Jake. Appreciate you, Dambo. Um, 
So let's talk about their running game and maybe what went wrong against Baltimore. Okay. And Dambo, this is my, this might be when you want to tune out, bro. Okay. Cause we're going to talk about some negative stuff here. <laughs> we appreciate you though. So here's Baldy breaking down some of the Baltimore tape. Okay. This is him talking about their toss plays. They love to run a lot of toss plays and what we refer to as toss crack. Okay. And he's going to kind of explain some of this stuff to you. Here we go. Toss, toss crack, toss weak is one of the five basic plays of the 49ers. Let's show you how you stop it. All right, this is going to be toss crack, where Kittle and Ayuk are going to block down on Brent Urban right here. And McKivitz is going to pull. Now, you're either the hammer or the nail when you pull. Like, he's designed to block the force. But Marlon Humphrey comes, and he's the hammer. Bang! Like, Marlon Humphrey comes, and he makes his play. And what he does is he bubbles McCaffrey. Now, watch Roquan Smith, zero. And watch them out of BK come. Like, here they come. And their speed and their ability to defeat blocks show up. And there you go. McCaffrey's got no place to go, no place to hide. And he's met by both Roquan and Matabike. But that man made the play. Marlon Humphrey made the play. Bubbling McCaffrey. Yeah, just getting in there, sticking your nose in there, right? And yep. blowing that play up. That's the only way to to take out power runs, toss plays, things like that. you got to have a goon that just goes in there. It's what A.J. Hawk did so well. People like to dog on A.J. Hawk like he was a bad linebacker. He's the all-time leading tackler in Packer history. He's a Super Bowl champion. He won a national championship. And because some people don't like the Pat McAfee show, they're like, oh, Hawk was a bum. He was overrated. That dude played through so many injuries. It's not even funny. And he was so good at that. Kind of, kind of playing Jack in that that thirty four zone defense, sticking his head in there and taking on that lead block constantly, and and allowing people like a Desmond Bishop to kind of clean it up. The fact that he kind of led the way most of the time, he being AJ and getting in there and blowing up those power run plays, and he still had so many tackles. Really says a lot about what kind of player he was. But that's when they run these toss plays. Our guys have got to be able to get in there and do that. One of the per one of the people that comes to mind for me, Tim, at the safety position, if we are showing shell with late rotation, probably going to be Jonathan Owens trying to stick his nose in there and blow those plays up. That's and we're going to need it, man, because they got a stout running game. So yeah, anything you want to add to that as far as the toss plays there? Um, just yeah, getting off your blocks and rallying to the ball. You know, we can talk about uh, you know winning your matchup and finding a way to to be the hammer instead of the the nail, as uh, Baldy pointed out. Um, but another thing you see there, too, is just rallying to the football. You know, uh, plays are very quick. It's a matter of seconds before they're over. Uh, you know, it's one thing to get blocked. It's another thing to stay blocked. You know, so our, our guys up front and in the middle, man, they, they, they got to get off the block and rally to the football. You got to know where the ball's at. And, um, you know, we're going to have to see a lot of that uh, hard-nosed tackling. Make sure you're wrapping up. And, you know, San Francisco's got some some guys that are difficult to bring down, Um we don't need to go down the list. We all know who they are. Uh, we got to rally to the football, gang tackles, that kind of thing, um, to find success against this offense. Yeah, definitely. United Bates in the chat says, love A.J. Hawk, and he's a gem on, on uh, uh, Pat McAfee show. Love him, too. Chris in here, we found that village idiot. He said, uh, LOL, McCaffrey had only 14 touches, still had over 100 yards and a touchdown in that game. LOL, is that right? Well, I'm looking at the score here, Hosscat. It ain't good. So – Congratulations. He rushed for over 100 yards. 
<laughs> I think at this point right now, I'm waiting for the score to pop back up. Yeah, it's uh, seven minutes left in the third quarter, and they're losing 30-12 to 12 to Baltimore. So not a good look. But with that being said, since you're using some bad language, let's, uh, let's just put Chris in timeout real quick, okay? He wants to be a little bit disrespectful there. That's how we roll, all right? Now, let's move on to the passing game. What do they do well in the passing game? Ask me that, Tim. What do they do well? Every damn thing. Everything. <laughs> so versus man coverage, the 49ers are first in EPA. Versus zone coverage, they're fourth in EPA. So when I talk about we should play zone, a slight advantage there over playing man coverage from a strictly a coverage standpoint. Hey, do they do they use a lot of motion? <laughs> yes, they do. So you wonder how they're chewing man coverage up? Yeah, there, there you go. go. Right. So what did Baltimore do well to stop their passing game? A couple of different things. They brung exotic blitzes, but they also played, wait for it, zone match. You yeah. guys know I'm a big zone match person, right? I love cover three zone match. It's my favorite defense in the entire league. Let's go to the tape and see what Baldy picked up on as far as the 49ers uh, struggling against Baltimore's defense. We all watch this play. Patrick Queen comes. He blitzes off the edge right here to keep McCaffrey in so he can't get out in the route. So right here, Purdy's looking, looking, looking. Can't find anything. Queen wins. But this play right here is just not smart. And if the 49ers want to get to where they want to get to, you can't do this with the football. That you can't do. I mean, it looks fun. It's backyard. It's, you know, it's LeBron in the NBA, blind pass. That you can't do. That one has to get thrown out of the playbook. And you can't let that happen again. That's just careless. And the Ravens, their matchup zone, defeated this team. So there, you heard him mention zone match, right? I'm going to roll it back again. Let's watch this specific play. Now, we don't have all 22, but you can kind of see what are they playing in here. They're playing a, a zero, maybe a little shade like a little zero eye, if you will, on you know what we refer to as shade on the nose. And then they got – it looks like they've got a safety, I believe that is, kind of cheating up there, showing a four eye, right? And then you look out here in the uh, on the wide nine, right? So you're forcing isolation blocks all the way across the offensive line. As we roll the tape, you see a wide nine, double wide nine out there, really. And they're isolating Christian McCaffrey, not allowing him to get out in the in the route clean at all making Brock Purdy step up in the pocket, right? Just relentless. This Baltimore defense is stout, man. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, it's it's a slam dunk. Green Bay's defense can do this. But if there was ever a day that the pass rushers were going to show up, this is the one right here. So, you heard him mention it right there, Tim. Zone match, right? Zone match. Yep. So, what kind of blitzes are we bringing, right? They brung fire zone and cat blitzes. Let's start with the fire zone blitz. you kind of seen it right there on that clip. I believe we've got another clip that shows it too, unless I doubled up here. I believe this is a different clip and showed you how they forced those turnovers and specifically the interceptions from Brock Purdy. Uh, here's Baldy again. Surprise on Kyle Hamilton, number 14 on this play. All right, middle of the second quarter. These two right here, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, are just drawing blocks. They're going to bail. And then Kyle Hamilton's going to come free right through the B gap. And McCaffrey does exactly what he's supposed to do. He's, he's there in blitz pickup. It's unfortunate that Banks hit him also. So it's an illegal block. But Banks is sitting on top of Kyle Hamilton. Like, you're, he's buried. 
Now, Purdy's trying to find somebody open. And when he comes back, he's trying to get the ball to Kittle late across the middle. And Marlon Humphrey pops it up. And there's Hamilton, who got up off the ground after Banks was on him for the interception. But here's this matchup zone. And this is why it's so difficult right here. This is nothing more than a disguised cover three. Watch how they rotate because here comes Hamilton on a blitz. So let's go. It's hard, cover three. That's all it is. But it's a matchup zone. So you're three deep right now. And Purdy's looking for somebody to throw to. But it's all matched up. Everybody is covered. So now Purdy's running around. And he's going to try and get this ball right here to George Kittle. And here comes Hamilton. Or here comes Marlon Humphrey popping it up. And there's Hamilton. Like, it's tough on quarterbacks. Really tough. All right, so if we roll it back one more time with no sound, just to kind of show you what he's talking about, zone match principles right here. They're firing a blitz. Look how they're mugging. What did we do last week, right, against yep. Dallas? Or this week, I should say. Showing that mug, right, mugging Bell. Watch yep. six and zero here, both linebackers. Watch them. They're going to mug. They're occupying those offensive linemen without even blitzing, right? Yep. You see them drop back. That's what we refer to as a fire zone blitz. They, they fired the safety there. I think they said that was Hamilton that blitzed there. He ends up – pancaked underneath a 320 pound tackle and still gets up somehow some way and intercepts the ball it's just baltimore's phenomenal man kyle hamilton was my draft crush that year he's just unbelievable but again getting back popping the ball up forcing interception pressure pick yeah pressure pick coverage sack right um that what we've got to do in this game we've got to stay in zone match I mean, the tape suggests it. You see it right here. They're going to fire him. Watch, like he was talking about, you got two on the shelf, Tim. You see it, right? Yep. You got, you're showing shell coverage. Ball snap, going to fire the safety. The other safety rolls down. Bang, here we are. You're back in cover three zone match. You can see if and then. If the one goes deep, then it becomes man coverage. If the two goes to the flat, then it becomes man coverage. If it crosses your face, it probably would have went to the mock or the will becoming man coverage. If you don't know what your assignment is pre-snap, there's no way the offense can know because there's about 10 different calls they can give within cover three and these cover right. three looks. So um, I think it's important to make Brock Purdy um, try to get him off his spot, like people were saying in the chat, but also make him have to make a decision every single play. Don't give him the answer to the test. Don't give him any answers pre-snap. It's what we did really good against Dak. You guys remember we showed the pick six um, from our boy uh, Darnell Savage. Take a look right? at this interception here. Yeah, from Darnell Savage, right? Um, with that pick six, what did we do? We showed shell coverage. We rotated down to cover three. He sugared the number three and then jumped the number two, took it to the house for whatever it was, 64 yards, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was just phenomenal play. That's the type of stuff you're going to have to do to Brock uh, to yep. Brock Purdy to have a shot, man. Sugar, deception, show this, do this, rotate, pre-snap, post-snap. You know, you're absolutely right about man-to-man. -man. You know, the biggest downside to man-to-man, -man, especially against a motion-heavy offense, is that it's it's literally nearly impossible for you not to snitch on yourself because we've seen it time and time again. Quarterback comes to the line, hard count. What do we get? We see movement in the secondary. You see movement in the middle of the field. Hey, let's hard count, send somebody in motion. Is somebody going with them? Huh, they're in man coverage. And if you can ID coverage pre-snap, 
you, you know, you're, you're giving yourself a leg up every time and you're doing yourself a disservice on defense. If that's, if that's the core of your approach, we talked about mixing in man looks here and there just to keep it interesting. But um, I agree, man, we got to go zone heavy and uh, you know, man match or, or mod, whatever, you know, if, and then, like you said, um, it's going to be key against this offense. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. For sure. Andy A. Pack in the chat says, possible dumb question. There are no dumb questions in here, brother. He said, the preview where you're talking about middle field open, middle field closed tendencies for the 49ers. Why don't teams look at their own tendencies and just totally flip the script? Too hard to pivot. They do it all the time, Andy. Yeah. You know, we talked about it with Dallas. We were saying they play a ton of middle field closed man coverage. If you've seen some of the big plays in that game, I'm not talking about the cross country or the cross corner. Some people call it cross country. Uh, some people called it the sell route, which it was a sell route to um, with Dobbs. That was man coverage, right? Could have been zone match, but I'm pretty sure it was man coverage. But look at some of the big plays early where, like, the dig that, that Dobbs sits down, he sits down in zone. They showed a lot of shell looks on Sunday, too. So you've got what we call self-scouting departments. You've got your you've got people within your own building that's, self, that's, that's only scouting your tape. So you're making sure Mike McCarthy was excellent at this. By the way, why has Mike McCarthy become a great head coach and, and won a Super Bowl in Green Bay? He started off as what we call quality control coordinator or quality control coach on some of the early staffs he worked on. They are just absolute gurus at understanding tendencies and making yep. sure you're self-scouting so you're not tipping your hand too much. So absolutely, man. And the thing, here's what here's the goal, Andy, to have as much success as possible by being as balanced as possible. Because if you try to lean on one thing too often and the other team game plans against it and they make you play left-handed, that's what Bill Belichick has got six rings from doing. I think he's got six, five or six. Um, that's what he got so good at doing with his bullseye defense is making offenses play left-handed. He did the same thing uh, on the offensive side of the ball. He had his hands in that offense way more than people want to give him credit for, too. He wasn't just a defensive coach. So you, the, the great teams across the league can do everything pretty good. Now, if we talk about middle field open, middle field close, you know, I pointed out that middle field open, they ran 46% of the time, and that's 11th most in the league. Let me try to bounce back up here real quick and pull it up one more time. Middle field close, right? Middle field close 40% of the time. Middle field open 46% of the time. You see how close that is to being well, even? Now, if you look at the percentage rank, though, that's 27th most middle field close across the league. So according to the league, it's low by those standards. But when you look at the actual snaps, don't take this as, man, they play middle field open a large majority of the time. It's really not 
that big of a difference, right? So yep. it's, a, it's a great comment, a great question. Um, Andy, teams do that all the time, and you want to make sure that you're not too, uh, not too predictable. Let me give you an example from the Packers' standpoint. Remember early in the year, uh, Clayton was complaining about uh, about split flow, split yep. zone, and pulling guards. It wasn't working. They weren't buying it. When we were run split flow, they were ignoring the split flow and just attacking the football. You know why? We ended the year last year running a lot of split flow. So I guarantee the self-scouting department's looking at the tape and went, hey, look, guys, this is not working. we got to get away from it. So you went to more zone blocking. Then next thing you know, you went a little gap. You went a little power, a little G power, right, pulling the guard over on the strong side of the formation. Now all of a sudden, teams geared up, geared up on that. Bang, here comes the split flow back. So split flow is not going to catch the 49ers off guard, in my opinion. Nope. Now here's the, the million-dollar question, though, probably the billion-dollar question. If you're Matt LaFleur, you come away from the Dallas game plan going, boy, split flow, chew Dallas up. But San Francisco knows that. Do we stick with what worked last week or do we go in and try to change it up? That's when you can get into this vicious cycle of um, outsmarting yourself, if you will. So you got to have a game plan and a backup to the game plan. It's not that you throw the complete game plan out the window, but you get, you know, you. how many times have we seen, man, they got away from the run early. They probably got away from the run early because you had two straight possessions where on first down you got stonewalled for, you know, one or two yard loss and it's not working. So, hey, let's get our feet under us. Let's try to pass a little bit and let's adjust the running game. We, uh, you know, we we feel like or we try to pretend like they have the luxury of hitting the pause button and go, OK, let me think about this for a second right. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So doesn't work that way. I mean, and you're absolutely right about teams in the league, uh, you know, using deception with their defense. Um Steve Spagnola in Kansas City comes to mind. You see a lot of uh, pre-snap, they're showing one thing, and then you've got post-snap, a play is literally developing, and they're rotating. You know, you they're they're rotating from, from you know, single high into – all of a sudden there's two safeties back there, and they're, they're where the ball is. Um, and San Francisco, you know, that's why you see the balanced approach because they, they're known to do that too, you know. So you – we always talk about trusting your, you know, your reads, right? Pre-snap read, post-snap read. Well, you know, Jay Money and these guys got to understand that's going to be a fluid thing uh, in this game. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be seeing ghosts out there. Um, so, uh, like you said, you always got to be ready to to adjust to uh, evolving defense for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Brandy Lewis says that show two cover three was legit. Yeah, that's what we call spinner, right? That's called spinning the safety. Show two on the shelf and spin it. Sometimes you'll run what we call an invert two as well, where you'll show a single high look and then you'll rotate that safety over and the corner will drop back in a deep zone. That's what you refer to as invert cover two. Uh, Minnesota tried to pull that out on, on us uh, on New Year's Eve. And uh, you guys remember we hammered the hammered the base right down the seam to Jaden Reed and put that thing out of reach real early, right? Or at least got them on our heels real early. So what, what many people don't, I think they understand it. They just refuse to believe it or refuse to acknowledge it, at least when they're so passionate about like their stance in an argument. No matter what defense is called, no matter what offense is called, there's a pro and con to every approach. You've got to understand, here's the strength of calling that, but here's the weakness. There's no perfect defense. There's no perfect – you know, last year everybody was clamoring for man coverage. We need to play man coverage. We need to play man coverage. And then we play man coverage against, you know – uh the New York Giants, and what did they do on that last drive? Man coverage on six out of the last seven calls, and they went right down the field and got the game-winning field goal, right? That's just one of many examples. 
Now, has man coverage worked this year? Absolutely. We've probably been more successful with man coverage than zone. But, boy, when man coverage breaks down, you don't have someone making a tackle for just a 13-yard game. It turns yeah. into a 36-yarder or a 42-yarder. You know, so what yeah. we refer to as an explosive, which triples your chances of scoring on that drive. So, And you uh, say on the flip side, too, it's it's really you're making the point of, you know, it's not good to sit in zone all day either, right? You know, you don't want to get stuck in either one of these tendencies too much. You know, the, the key is to try and balance or, or maybe not be balanced, maybe be in more favor of one versus the other, depending on how the game goes. I mean, that's why you see these call sheets, they change. You know, there's notes being jotted down. They're, they're getting new printouts after quarters and after the half. And, uh, you know, the game evolves. And, you know, really, it's it's what? what What's the average football game, Clayton? You know, 60 to 70 snaps, you know? Like, I yeah, tell you. On offense, yeah. you. Uh, yeah. I, I, let me look. I'll go look at the box score real quick. You go ahead and keep talking. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, like like you said, you have to have a game plan, but built into that plan, You've got to have other options. You know, you, you want to lean on things that work and things that got you here, but also knowing that they're on tape and, and you're going to have scouted looks. Um, we're going to have some unscouted looks. Obviously, we haven't uh, played this team this year um, and we got a lot of new faces here. So, yeah. you, you know, I I think you got to have a fluid approach um, and you got to be willing to adjust. We know that, uh, you know, offensively, you call a play, that's two or three different plays. You can check and can and make adjustments. So, uh, you know, we have to take that approach uh, across the board when it comes to uh, playing the 49ers. Yeah, for sure. As far as the average amount of snaps, uh, just hit the old Google machine, 63 snaps per team. So there we go. Yeah. Each side typically has on average 63 snaps. And you guys know that can fluctuate depending on how efficient an offense is and how long the drives are, how many explosives you got, all that good stuff. Yeah. So this shows um, how valuable every single snap is on a football field, you know, they're not all going to be impact plays on the, on the final score, but man, the, the slightest mistake on a, on any given play can really change the trajectory of the game. I mean, just ask uh, Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. So Baltimore ended up beating them 33 to 19. That was the final. That's the first time I've seen the score today. I've been watching the all 22 all day, but uh, Brooke in the uh, chat says, do you think that since Matt and what's his face, I love it, are from the same coaching tree and run similar defense, They've got an advantage on how to think chess, not checkers. It, that's exactly what it becomes as a big chess match. Yep. They know each other like the back of their hand, right? Just like uh, Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur know each other like the back of their hand. You know, we, we've got this misconception that the, the Niners just absolutely dominate the Matt LaFleur Packers, and it's really – it's not that true. Now, have they had success with us against in the playoffs? Absolutely. You know, you had those two previous playoff meetings. Now, we shut their offense completely down. If it hadn't been for a block punt return for a touchdown, we win that game, right? The last, the most recent meeting. So that was Joe Barry's defense. The year before, where they just run, you know, I mean, all over the field on us, that was Mike Pettin's defense. By the way, a little more man coverage, a little more explosives in the running game, right? I mean, people forget how bad our run defense was under Mike Pettin. I mean, it was horrendous. Yep. And, and you still you, 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 okay? Well, Joe Barry's got a little bit better, but it's still not good enough. We gave up like 200 less rushing yards this year compared to last year. Like it got even better this year with the rush with the rush defense. Now we're going to be tested on Sun or on Saturday, man. That that running that running team. Oh my God, they're a different beast. But yeah, as far as um, you know, coaches knowing each other a little bit better than other coaches, absolutely, man. That's a real thing. That's that's something that's very very real. 
Brooke, but we appreciate the comment there for sure. Got us a special guest in the house, Miss Carly Ray. Carly, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. I am so glad I got home. I was tempted to speed to get home so I could join this just fascinating conversation y'all were having. <laughs> What's on your mind? What 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 grabs your attention? Is there anything on the forefront? We're at the 54 minute mark. You're pulling the uh, the famous Emilio move here. Get in here and get me in trouble. Keep us on late. <laughs> yeah, I am. So this is kind of a complicated question. So hang with me. But you're talking about man and how you can give so much away with man um, coverage. You know, especially with um, let's see, hang on, I'm gonna turn this on. Especially with um, you know, like we're uh, love tries to do with getting that hard count and then some of the the backs move or flinch or you know start to go one way and it gives something away then he cans is there a way that a defense could be disciplined enough to fake that to like fake revealing man or zone and oh, yeah. then actually be in the other and would there be any benefit to doing that on chalk talk we actually show what we call that sugar Sugaring is a very blanket term, but sugaring is a term that's used for you're sugaring a blitz, but you're bailing out. You're showing blitz, but you're bailing out. You can sugar by not showing blitz. It's just kind of kind of staying at home, watching your feet, making sure your feet aren't giving away pressure points, things like that, where you're putting more pressure on a certain position. I mean, offenses look at that stuff. Quarterbacks look at it like crazy with DBs, but offensive line, they're looking at knuckles. They'll look at knuckles on the ground when people yep. are in point stance and they can tell what move they may be going to. It's just wild how they study tennis. But we talk about the old mouth guard thing, right? The receiver lining up and is his mouth guard dangling? Uh, maybe he's uh, maybe he's not going out for a pass. Maybe he's run blocking, right? You yeah. know, there's so many different things, right? You talk about the weight on the front foot or the back foot, right, Clayton? Right. Um, you know, a lot of that. We we seen that with Quay Walker, right? Mugging mugging a gap, you know, breathing down that line's neck, and then he's flying up the field in coverage. You know, I'm that's part of the game. Right. And it comes in a lot of different forms for sure. And I, th I think the best defenses do exactly what Carly's talking about too. You know, they stay disciplined. Um, we've seen plenty of hard counts not work at all. Um, yeah. We've seen uh, guys sent in motion and they may just switch. They may be in man coverage. Maybe they don't send somebody with the motion. You know, it's the deception. It's the, the sugar, right? Really sugar is just showing one thing and doing another, right? Clayton. You remember the play that, that we showed on Chalk Talk? We did it actually on Sunday against the Cowboys. They used motion, Quay stepped back, and let Dre come across, and it looked like Dre was manning up the guy in the slot, which I think was actually the running back. He was actually blitzing. He yep. came over. He was supposed to blitz on the opposite side of the field. But I guarantee you it was part of the game plan that, hey, look, when we're trying to show a too-high look and we want to sell them that we're playing cover one robber, then when they use motion, Quay, you stay put. And, you know, if you're if you're firing on the opposite side, maybe it was Quay that was supposed to fire. But because they use motion, you sugar it and say, Devondre, you're now blitzing. Go over like you're in man coverage and you'll catch their protection off guard. Like they do it all the time, Carly, for sure, if that answers your question. Now, is it easy to do? Probably not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you've got to be in complete unity as far as your communication goes on the back end. And that's the one thing that stood out on the, the tape, especially the All-22, the most – was these DBs communicating all day long in Dallas. I mean, you've seen it when they would show the bunch set. They've got that bunch figured out. We sucked at that early in the year. It was horrible. Everybody was getting twisted up. Now you can tell it's almost like when they go man or when they go bunch, it's almost like we just default to man coverage, and it's okay. Depending on your placement, if you're the middle corner, 
in in that that nickel bunch, or if you're a linebacker, if you're the if you're the linebacker covering the tight end who's the number three, then it's whichever one releases on your side that becomes man coverage now, right? And the safety's got to be aware that hey, look, if the number one receiver releases inside and that forces Devondre Campbell to man up on that receiver, the safety's got to know or the robber's got to know you've got to help there. That that linebacker cannot run stride for stride with that wide receiver. These are all the things that you study with tendencies, and you got kind of if a, a good coordinator has that game plan put in place that if they show this, be prepared to adjust this way. But sugaring is it's such a huge part of the game. You know, I talked about Belichick and how he just absolutely dominated Peyton Manning, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. He would sugar in a vanilla way, as silly as that sounds. They wouldn't tip their hand until he already came up, read the, okay, got it, let's change the play. They would show one look, and then at the last second, they would move into position. So they weren't sugaring something. I mean, they were sugaring it, but they wouldn't do it in an aggressive way. They were doing it in a very conservative way, and then a late rotation in their actual defense. So Peyton would come out and go, oh, yeah, they're in shell. Okay, look, check, check, change the play, blah, 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 put it all together. Soon as we got down to like three or four seconds on the play clock, too late to change the play now, all of a sudden – Belichick's defense will rotate. Peyton's going, crap, nobody's where I thought they were going to be. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, that stuff, man, it'll make you fall in love with the game, the sugar and aspect of it. But, uh, yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Let's hit this last video. This is a cat blitz they ran, and it kind of goes hand-in-hand with the game plan that we came away with here. Let's hit this real quick. This is Baldy breaking down a cat blitz there from the Baltimore game. And, again, this is a game where the Baltimore Ravens uh, defeated the San Francisco 49ers 33-19. to Take a look at this interception here. The Ravens are in a cover two right here. Safeties are back. Here comes Ayuk in motion. They don't do anything. So they're showing shell coverage right here. Two safeties on the shell. They just sit there in their zone coverage right here. But they're going to blitz both corners. Both Brandon Steve. Perfect example. Look at the corner at the top of the screen. Do you think he's covering that receiver? <laughs> there ain't no chance. A good quarterback glances over and look at the lean on him. He's not preparing to, to to jam him. There's no bend in his knees at all, right? Yeah, and look at where his eyes are. Look how he's playing inside technique on him. He's playing inside technique with a too high safety look. He's not covering right there. A good quarterback sees that and goes, all of his weight is leaning forward. That dude's blitzing. Evans and Marlon Humphrey, 21 and 44 are both coming. Now on the play, it's a good play. It's a good, it's a good blitz, especially if they hand it off to McCaffrey right here. You're going to get somebody that's just going to force McCaffrey inside. But if you throw it like they do here, and they see Debo just expanding because that's a hot read against that look, the safety's got to come down and cover. But Stevens gets his hands up in the air. And Humphrey was blitzing from the other side, so he gets a batted ball interception right there, and they stop that drive. They just do things different than every other team in the league. They give up yards. They don't give up a lot of points. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Baldy, careful, careful. Careful about saying it's more important to give up points and don't worry about the yards. You'll get roasted. <laughs> um, so, cat blitz, double cat blitz, hands in the throwing lane. The only weakness I can find, and, and again, like, like Matt Schneidman pointed out earlier today, and Devontae White was kind of – this is why – remember how we started the show. One of the listeners in the chat said, 
it's obvious that Wyatt watched the Baltimore tape. He's, he's talking about they watched the Baltimore tape today. He didn't say they watched the Baltimore tape, but his comments led you to believe they studied the Baltimore tape. So uh, that's the other thing, too. Your self-scouting department's going back and going, man, we're looking pretty crisp. We're looking good. If they're watching that Baltimore tape, they may be firing a bunch of fire zone blitzes, some cat blitzes. So when you're watching the game Saturday night and you see Keyshawn Nix fire from that nickel, remember this conversation, right? It means they put it on tape. Now, if he hits home, you might continue to do it. If he bats a ball down, you might continue to do it. If they check to something like a quick bubble or they've just, just got a quick hot that if a nickel fires, get it out quick, then you might see us adjust back to just the, the normal vanilla quarter zone match principle with a little spinner cover three, right? So yep. um, that's the cat and mouse game, though, for sure. Go ahead, Tim. You got anything, boys? No, no. I'm just uh, following along, learning. <laughs> cool. What about you, Carl? You got anything to add? We're at an hour and three minutes. Let's get ready to wrap this thing up. Um, I guess just a final comment here. I was listening to just another podcast, and they mentioned that in uh, in the last game, the Packers, like their scoring drives, like five of them or five of the scoring plays or four, and then one that set up the 39-yard reception. Um, who was it to either Romeo or Musgrave? But um, they came after it, they came after like time where there was either a TV commercial break or some sort of some sort of break and it what you said about like us thinking that they have time to just sit around and think or to to come up with these things it just seems like when they do have a couple minutes that's where the genius really shines absolutely and how many times do you hear fans complain oh we're doing wasting timeouts they're not wasting that timeout that's matt lafleur going all right everybody get your breath come over here Let's, yep. let's draw something up in the dirt real quick. Let's go to this play. Hey, okay, you know, we, we, we've, been hammering, we've been hammering that slot cross, right? Well, they're really clamping down and biting underneath. They're biting underneath on that crosser. You've seen Gilmore do it, right? Why don't we throw in a sail route here? Throw in a sail route, Rome. You on the back. I'm not saying they did this on the sideline, but you would have time to do this. Yep. If, if, Rome, if Rome goes over there and they're like, yeah, they're clamping, they're clamping the crosser, cool, turn it into a sail. You give me a post on the backside. Let's turn it into a two high look here, right? And and you know, let's just try to give Jordan time. That's the stuff that happens during timeouts. The casual fan with the beer belly hanging over the belt, sitting there sipping their Schaefer lot, you know, whatever it costs, two twenty five a case, <laughs> sitting there sipping that beer. They're going, oh, these morons. They had they had forty seconds to get that play together. Why they had to call a timeout? You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you get six a game, right? Three per half. I mean. You got usually one to two, even maybe even three, maybe even half of them are for situations like that. And then you got a couple that, you know, you want to save for clock, you know, management and then, uh, you know, your challenges, those kind of things. But I mean, we've seen that on the flip side, too. Right. You know, you get your defense out there and we're we're looking horrible against that. That, you know, you talk about the hat count, even pre-snap, you see a disaster out there. Burn a timeout before you burn 50 yards down the field. You know, have the conversation and and make the adjustment for sure. That's what they're there for. Right. And I love Brooke. Brooke gives the uh, the uh, the in-house fan uh, oh, yeah. perspective on this. She says, I know sitting in the stadium wondering why nothing's happening. Oh, it's a TV timeout. Yeah. I bet the coaches love TV timeouts, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know they do. <laughs> they eat them oh, up. Players too, right? Another oh, yeah. water break, right? Get, get the hands on the hips and 
get, <laughs> grab some O2 if you need to. <laughs> Especially if you're on defense and it's it's play 12 of a drive, right? It's like, Absolutely. give me that TV timeout right now. Absolutely. Andy Apack in the chat says, any thoughts on Devontae Wyatt's comments? LOL, 49ers fans are calling it bulletin board material. Why do you need that as a 10-point favorite? I, I agree that's a little bit extreme, Andy, the way they're approaching it. Now, if you're asking me, do I like the comments? I absolutely hate them. I hate them. There's nothing positive that comes from Devontae Wyatt coming out and saying, yeah, all you got to do to beat Brock, Brock Purdy, just get pressure on him. Like, not a good look. I didn't, but I was one that didn't like Jair's comments when he said, I told y'all we're going to run the table, right? We're going to basically win out. And you've seen how that went. Um, I don't want to tell anyone how, you know, what they are or are not allowed to say. You guys know I am pro free speech and that goes for our favorite athletes too but if you were to say clayton would you rather him say it or not say it i'd rather him not say it i'd rather him say something like man we really got our hands full this team yeah. is and then just come out and run in the mouth baby there's you some of that youth things? youth showing right there right we're a young team that's absolutely things like that are going to happen that's that's uh, an indicator of being a young team you know yeah. the seasoned veterans you know aaron, aaron jones ain't saying nothing like that right you know like right. Um, so I'm not going to be too hard on uh, Devontae. I will say this, though. You better bring it. <laughs> you you guys better bring it in the trenches. Um, you know, it's okay to talk the talk. You got to walk the walk, though, too. Otherwise, it uh, gets a little uh, little annoying, right? Yeah, for sure. Andy says, I uh, agreed. I would have liked a quiet week. Now, Paul Robertson says, I mean, why it's not wrong. Paul, actually, I respectfully disagree. I think he is. Like, when you look at Brock Purdy's uh, stats, you know, how he's measured up this year against the blitz with pressure, I should say. We showed you the worst game of their season, right? That and it, it, If you just watch that one-game saturation, Baltimore game, you go, oh, he's horrible against the blitz. Not been the case this year. He's actually been really good against pressure. If I remember correctly, I could be completely wrong, but if I remember correctly, they said he was number two or number three in passer rating when pressured So, um, on the entire year. But uh, yeah, Paul Robertson's the one who won the what card did you win the John, the uh, about said it again the John Loft the James Lofton card. Um, I was celebrating at Dallas win the other night and I put John Lofton on the giveaway. I got roasted for it too, rightfully so. I appreciate y'all keeping me honest over there. Yeah, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled. <laughs> exactly correct. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's go around the horn, Carly. You got anything else? Probably said I ain't got nothing. I don't want to talk. No, to no, that. sorry. I was working on. I was working on responding to a chat. Um, gotcha. No, I. I don't think so. I'm really excited for this. I'm excited for the game. I'm excited for it all. And I hope uh, Jacob shows his face around here so we can find out where the party's going to be at. <laughs> well, Jacob, we're going to we're gonna have to put Jacob on a on a milk cart, and I think he's running from the party. So, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just joking. He's he's at work tonight. Is, is that something yeah, he's going to be able to put together? I know it was kind of short notice, but what do you think? Is he going to be able to pull that off? It's only short notice because he forgot that he bet me and then didn't Convenient. actually believe they'd make it to the divisional round. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know oh, if he's we're going to give him some <laughs> Conveniently short notice, right? Like, oh, yeah. I didn't know. Whatever, Jacob. Get your stuff together, Jacob. <laughs> if I wasn't, you know, 12 hours away, I'd come up there and throw that party. Seriously, if I was closer to Wisconsin – we would all be getting together about every weekend watching a game. That's a fact. We would never get a post-game show in. I promise you. <laughs> um, yeah. But I appreciate you, Paul. And, again, congratulations on the card, buddy. You should be getting that soon. Uh, we'll get that in the mail. Probably get that in the mail tomorrow, as a matter of fact. That's the plan. We, we got about six inches of snow and uh, probably about three inches of ice underneath the snow up here in Washington County, Tennessee. So, 
didn't get out much today. I'm looking for just like Jacob. I'm convenient, right? I didn't uh, didn't make it out tonight. So, um, Tim, what else you got, buddy? Uh, man, just uh, the, the use, you know. Uh, check the QR code right right up here in the Boom. corner. Scan that. Take you right to Packernet Podcast. It's uh, the home, the flagship. Um, got a lot of good content on there. Um, make sure you support. Uh, hit the like button uh, if you like the content. Um, we love bringing it to you, and uh, we appreciate your support. Right, Clay? That's exactly right. And Jim's got the best advice of the evening. He says, we need John Deere Green to get help. John Deere Green. On a hot summer night, he rode Billy Bob loves Charlene. Charlene. <laughs> I love it, man. Love it, love it. Donovan in the chat says, PTA pregame at a game next year, man, be absolutely awesome. Um, we got to make it happen. You know, I, I was planning on doing a postgame show last year for the Rams game, Monday Night Football, but uh, – by the time we got out of the stadium and I got back over to the Lodge Kohler, me and Jacob were just going to go to the the uh, Lodge Kohler room I had, and we had a beautiful view of Lambeau behind us. But uh, it just didn't materialize. He had to get back on the road. There was a little bit of snow flying that night, and he was there with family. So I blame that one on Jacob, too. Thanks, Jacob. You screwed that up. But uh, <laughs> it was cool, though. We got to do a little pregame festivities. That's what we need is a, a pregame party at a ball game next year. We need to make that happen for sure. Come this close to going to the Bears game this year. Justin was there with his family. That would have been awesome. I should have done that. So I apologize for that, guys. But uh, all right, let's get out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Um, we will be back tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambo. It's going to be a great time. You guys should swing through. I want to give a special shout out to Justin Nelson for becoming a member of the PTA Posse. If you're interested in joining our YouTube group, just, jo- uh, just click on the YouTube homepage, click join. That'll enter you into contests to win autographed memorabilia as the season goes on. If you get on that list by midnight Friday night, then you will be entered into a contest to win an autographed Romeo Dobbs rookie card that we're going to be giving away. And uh, no better time than after he was graded out as the uh, the highest graded wide receiver in the entire wild card round there last week. So that thing, that stock soared in there. Make sure you jump in there and grab that for sure. So um, we got stock soaring all over the board, right? They just did. all over the place, man. They tell you, pack is back. It's exactly correct. Exactly correct. Right here, yeah, too. There we go. Trolling <laughs> <laughs> that the rest of the year. All right, we're out of here, guys. We'll see you for Good Morning Lambo in the morning. What we're going to do is we're going to break down the PFF matchup. So we're going to give you the first glimpse of basically this right here our 12 personnel against their base defense, our 11 against their nickel our 34 base against our 21 personnel, our 34 against their 12 personnel, and our nickel 245 against their 11 personnel. So we'll give you all the matchups in the morning. Come hang out with us. It will be 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern. We'll be right here on this same bat channel, same bat time. All right, so we'll see you all then. Um, as always, let's go out and be the change that we want to see in the world. And go, back, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the... It's the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Look at this play where we're trying to get it. A seal here. And a seal here. And 
Now the run this play in the alley. 